Okay, um, should we start? Yeah. Oh, I'm tired this week. I've just done an enormous amount of washing, and uh, and then I've got a wisteria growing in the front garden, and it was beginning to grow through my window. Is that a euphemism? No, I opened the window to cut it back, and then it, all the bits of dead leaves blew in. So I've had to spend a half an hour cleaning that up. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Can't you get some nets? What sort of nets? Net curtains. Net curtains? I don't do net curtains. No one can see in. I was just thinking of the, uh, it'll stop the leaves. Yeah, I suppose it might do. Yeah. Shall I press the uh, the play button now? I would, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, here we go. Ready? Uh, I've got to psych myself up for this. You should have done that before the uh, jingle. Well, let's just start again, shall we? Fucking hell. You want me to play the jingle again? So we can start again. I don't want this in it. Yeah. Okay. Because if you keep putting these bits in, it just gets a bit boring. So don't. Right? Okay. Well, it... Are you ready now? Hmm. I'm just, yeah, just trying to think where I want to start. Okay. Um. So here we go. Very good uh, Good day, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you're listening. The James Well Radio Podcast is on the air. And where to start this week? I have no idea. Nice and warm, though, when I'm doing this. It's uh, sort of about 11 o'clock in the morning, and the temperature's already where I live, about 25. And apparently in 50 years or so's time, uh, we're going to be as hot here as it is in Barcelona. Which will mean a lot of us can save... Well, not us, I won't be here in 50 years' time. Um, but a lot of us can save money uh, because we won't have to travel so far on holiday. Just imagine, if it's like Barcelona in the summer, uh, we'll be able to go down to Brighton and we'll be able to go to Cleethorpes and we'll be able to go to... Uh, well, all over the place. We'll be able to go to Port Merion um, and uh, anywhere else you can think of a beach. They're all over the place, aren't they? I wouldn't go to Brighton. Isn't that a pebble beach? Well, yeah, but it's, you know, that's all right. It's nice and clean. Yeah, but it's a bit awkward on your feet, though, isn't it? Well, wear slippers or clogs or those things that stick between your big toe and the other toe. I can never understand flip-flops, aren't they? I never understand people wanting to wear flip-flops because they are the most uncomfortable and, I think, the most dangerous thing you could have on your feet. They chafe. I don't know. I've not worn them long enough to find out. I tried them once, and I thought, this is ridiculous. This is an accident waiting to happen, and I got rid of them. Jelly shoes, that's what you need. What? I think they're called jelly shoes. They're like a really softy, sort of plasticky rubber. 
Uh, oh, sort of like um, I've never seen those. I just stick. I'll just stick with my sort of trainers. Those trainers with the very kind of light tops. You know, the the sort of almost mesh tops to the training sole. Have you seen those? That's okay if you want to walk on the pebbles. But what if you want to sunbathe? I mean, you're going to lie down on pebbles. Yeah. What's wrong people, with that? Well, people pay money for that kind of treatment, don't they? Warm uh, pebbles yeah. on your back. Anyway, can we get on with the show properly? Have you sold any of my books, by the way? Uh, one. Is that it? Yeah, and I'm not even sure I sold it. I think uh, you might have sold that one. All right, okay. Well, I think we need to sell a few more because uh, I think it's nearly time to do the sequel. There's, there's going to be a sequel? Well, I mean, it's 15 years old, that book, isn't it, now? When did I do it? 2006, 7, 8, something like that. Mm. I think it's probably time for a new one. Would you just incorporate the old one into the new one and just add another, say, 40 pages? No, I think I'd start from... Well, I never really thought I'd be alive uh, after uh, this amount of time. That's how you'd start? I think that's how I started, yeah. I'd start it by saying something, because when you write a book, you have to do... Well, sitting here looking at the clouds scuttling across the sky on a beautiful sunny day, quite frankly, when I wrote my first autobiography, I didn't really think I'd be approaching the age of... And then I'll make up some age. Um, After having, of course... Uh, been diagnosed with kidney cancer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I go through all the things that have happened since then. Can't you do a cookbook or something like Cooking with Whale? No, you can't do that. No, that forget that. Yeah, but I did a cookery series on the television. Did you? Have we not got any of those on the... Uh, I did a thing called The Microwave Chef. I've got a clip of you doing The Microwave Chef, but I haven't got all the shows. Well, there were... Th- hundreds of I mean that they were at a time uh when ITV was recording up what they called fillers not the stuff you put in your face no because they needed they needed they needed lots of little short 5 minute programs that they were going to put in you know when they they went all sort of multi channel and everything else mm-hmm. so they could run commercial breaks between the different channels and sometimes they uh, they would have to make up time somewhere because, you know, maybe ITV2 or ITV3 didn't sell as many adverts as whatever. But they changed all that. So, But that was back in about 1990, 1990, something like that. And what did you cook in the microwave? I can't even remember. We did them in the kitchen of the producer of the programme. And then we had a chef or somebody from a microwave company who I think sponsored the programme and uh, and they did all, I, ju- I was just the host and um, generally messing about. Did you do things like uh, boil water? No, but, you know, I did, uh, when, when people sort of uh, got very stuffy about the fact that some of my television shows in the, um, in the 80s and 90s featured uh, very attractive and scantily clad women, which, you know, in those days was still something you could do. Um, one of my co, uh, co-hosts or... or uh, collaborators was a, a lady called Cookie. I don't know if you remember Cookie. Yes, I remember Cookie. Yeah, I thought you might. Anyway, I decided that she should have a bigger part. So I suggested we would do Cookie's DIY. Oh, I've got those. Have you got those? All right. So I think, I think the first one was Cookie telling people how to bang in a nail. And I've also got uh, the um, Cookie's uh, gardening tips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was quite funny, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I don't think. I don't think you, you know there are too many stuffy people who get offended by every fucking thing you do. Uh, you couldn't do it anymore. Very educational for a young man. Yeah, I thought it was educational, you know, and uh, and there we are. Um, so never mind about that. What were we talking about? I forgot how we got into this. Oh yeah, did you see my uh, my old friend Gillian Reynolds, who is the the radio critic um, par excellence, rang my radio show on Talk Radio the other evening, mm-hmm. and then in her um, in her uh, her column in the uh, Mail on Sunday. She was telling everybody what radio stations they should listen to if they got bored with the BBC. Right. And then she said, and if you're like me, you're a fan of the surreal, you can always tune in to James Whale on talk radio. Yeah, that's a fair comment. Surreal? What yeah. does that mean, surreal? I'm not surreal. It's, it's, it's not a normal run-of-the-mill vanilla radio show, is it? Well, I thought it was. Well, you've got ash on it for a start. Well, yeah, that is a problem, yeah. Okay. Anyway, the interesting thing is that um, the first time I encountered Gillian Reynolds, she rang my radio show again when I was on Metro Radio in Newcastle. Oh, all those decades ago. Yeah, she rang up as a listener, and then somebody said, that's Gillian Reynolds, the radio critic who'd made some sort of, uh, made some criticism of Tony Blackburn or something Tony Blackburn had said. And I think that's when he got bumped off Radio 1. She has the power then. Oh, yes. You, you know, so so I always got very worried. But I became quite pally with her and she used to do a TV show on Tyne T's television on a Friday night as well. But anyway, just funny how long things have gone on. That was in the 70s. Mind you, I did read, there's a guy took over from me. We didn't take over straight away from me because there was somebody in between. But I, I started a programme called Night Owls. It was a late-night phone-in, believe it or not. I was in my 20s. It was on uh, Metro Radio Newcastle. And I did it for about eight years, something like that. And then I left. And then eventually this guy called... Um, oh, what is his name? Um, Robson, something Robson. He used to call himself the Flashing Blade. Anyway, I read on Twitter the other day, somebody said that he, after 40-odd years, because he did it and he he kept on doing it until... Now, he's left. Well, you never know, do you? But, uh, so he's finished on Metro. And he's been telling everybody, yeah, I started this in 1975. Lying toad. I'm the one who started the show. Do you, do you realise, I never get, I'm always missed out. Have you noticed that? You don't get the credit, do you? I don't get anything, do I? I don't yeah. win awards. I don't get credit for anything. My life has been an absolute catastrophe. Well, then you met me. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? So, you know, I mean, there would not be late night radio if it hadn't been for what we did, me and all the guys on, on Metro Radio in the 70s. And then I went to Radio Air in Leeds. I'd given up doing the nighttime show and I thought I was going to become a serious broadcaster. So I went to work for BBC Radio Derby. And... Uh, I thought that was the most... I did the mid-morning show. It was the most boring thing I've ever had to do. And uh, I I was... Because I was so bored, I used to go out and make commercials, do the voiceovers for commercials and tour around a lot of the radio stations in the north. And uh, I'd finished my my, uh, morning show about midday, got in my car, drove to Manchester, drove to Stoke-on-Trent, drove to Sheffield, drove all over the flipping place. And um, what was that? That was definitely you. Oh, right. 
Oh, yeah, just a couple of messages. When did your uh, voice change then? Why did my voice change? Well, when or why? My voice is never... What are you talking about? Well, when you were with um, Night Owls, you were very yeah. sort of... Um, I like to call it the Stewie voice from Family Guy. All very sort well, of... Have you got any proof of this? I've got, I've got quite a bit of proof, to be honest. And then all of a sudden you just became this sort of... Well, let me have a little listen to how I used to sound. James Whale. Right, I'm back in the studio now, and um, I must apologise for that last little... Well, I don't know how to describe it, really, and I must apologise because I am not sure. Nobody has let me into the secret. I don't know whether the phone calls that are coming through to the studio are ones that have been organised, if I can use that, or whether if you're ringing in this morning on the programme, whether you're getting through as well. But we go now to line eight. Hello. I'll tell you what that is. The tape is running too fast and it's making me sound a slightly higher than I am. Right. Okay. But, you know, in those days, you didn't have digital recording, did you? So, oh, shit. So that's your analogue voice, is it? That's my analogue voice, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, I was 20-odd years old and uh, I'd been studying to be an actor... Yeah. Um, now I'm 40, nearly 50 years on from, uh, no, 40 years on, from um, having spoken on the radio practically every week of my life since then. Was it when you didn't work for the BBC anymore and you thought, sod it, and then you just went back to your real voice? No, I've never, I've, I am, this is me. I mean, I don't have a voice that doesn't make any sense, but I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, there is a way of phrasing things so that it doesn't sort of... You, you can't... I don't know, it's difficult to say, but you can... When somebody's not not able to broadcast and they they sort of talk in... there is. I mean, I don't know. This is this is not really a broadcast. This is just you and me. That's my elbow on the table, by the way. I'm being very lazy and leaning on the desk while I'm doing this. Um, so... The whole point of this conversation, which is very surreal, is that this guy Robson, who's claiming to have made Night Owls what it is, didn't. I started it, I made it famous, then I decided to move on and he took over. He suddenly has wiped me out of the history of broadcasting. And I'm not very happy. Next you'd be saying that somebody else wiped you out the history of the uh, Top Shop Radio. Well, they have, haven't they? When I started that, there was there was no store anywhere uh, with a, a, a radio station. Now you go into every store, Sainsbury's or, or I don't know, Co-op or whatever, they've all got their own little radio stations, haven't they? Those are not adverts, by the way. What? Sorry, I'm just doing my job. So they've all got radio stations. Mine was the first one. And the reason was, Melinda and I were in Topshop, in Oxford Circus, in, the, in about 1970. And I was working as an actor and as a disc jockey. And I was about 19 or 20 years old. I was just taking any work I could get. And we were in Topshop and I thought, it's just like a disco. And, you know, what they really need is a DJ to liven things up in here. And so I went to seek out the manager, a man called Ralph Halpen. Google him, he's interesting. And... Um, and he took my number and he said, well, I, I'll have to have a think about it and talk to some people. And I just got a job for a couple of weeks in repertory at the Oxford Playhouse. So I went to do that job and, uh, and got a phone call. 
Uh, Melinda rang me said, oh, I had a phone call from uh, the Top Shops management and they would like you to come in for a meeting about this DJing in the store. I went in and uh, they said, well, let's give it a go. So we gave it a go for about a few months and it was quite exciting. And then the uh, then they wanted to build a little radio station. So they decided to build a little radio station uh, under the escalator in Topshop, and that's where it started. I thought I'd be discovered by a producer who was walking up Regent Street past Topshop and could hear my show coming out of the speakers, of course, upstairs, and would come in and give me a job on Radio 1. And sadly, that never happened, but then the commercial radio stations came on stream and I got a job on Metro Radio in Newcastle and moved from London to Newcastle, and as they say, the rest is history. You know that's never going to happen, though, isn't it, really? Because when you think about it, when what? you go into a, a superstore and you've got radio playing in the background and it says, uh, don't forget to check out in aisle three, the new clothing mm -hmm. range from whatever, and then a bit of music, you're not going to get anyone walking around going, do you know what, he'd be good on BBC Radio 2. Well, actually, somebody did say I'd be good on BBC Radio 2, one of the producers, funnily enough, but I thought I was too young and only old people went on Radio 2, so I, uh, I actually uh, declined the offer. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was a proper radio show with jingles and everything, and I even got people to come in and do interviews. In fact, I've, there was a photograph of me somewhere. Did you see that? Did you send it to me, or was it online, uh, of me interviewing a band in the top shop? You turned down a job with BBC Radio 2? It was a bit stuffy in those days. Anyway, Thin Lizzy came in. They were guests on the show. There were all, all kinds of, of people who were hits at the time came in and, and uh, guested on the show. Sounds too unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know why we're talking about this. Let's talk about some of the serious stuff. I really don't want to go on too much about um, about the leadership of the Conservative Party because it is depressing. It really is depressing. It looks like we're going to have Prime Minister Boris. Uh, it looks like we might well leave the European Union without any kind of deal at all. And then it looks as if chaos will ensue. What we could do about it, I have no idea. I never thought the politicians were that stupid. I never thought people were that stupid. And, you know, people, we had a referendum and it wasn't really made clear. Never was, yes, we're leaving the European Union. Yeah, but, you know, you, you can't just leave an organisation you've been a member of for 40-odd years where your laws and your rules, regulations and everything else are tied up with them. There has to be a little more sense than that. He's changing his name. Who? Boris. To what? He'll be uh, Prime Minister, is it Alexandra? Where did you see that? I, I saw it on the internet. All right, well, it must be true then, mustn't it? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's... But people are a bit stupid, uh, which leads me on to Tommy Robinson, who's now uh, languishing in a jail, although it won't be for very long, of course, um, and his followers. And every time you mention his name, you get hundreds of them calling in. It's almost as if they've, they've rehearsed it. Well, you know, uh, James, love your show, been listening for years. Um, I want to I wanna try and answer a few questions about Tommy. He's a hero, mate. He's not racist in any way, shape or form. And there is a conspiracy by the media. I'm not saying it's you, mate, by the media uh, to keep him out. Well, look, I've interviewed Tommy Robinson a couple of times and he is not a journalist. If he was a journalist, he wouldn't have done what he did. One of the most heinous crimes you can commit as a journalist is being in contempt of court. 
is talking about a trial when it's active. And you can't do that. You can report on the trial, but you can't make comments about it. And, you know, this whole thing about, well, the, the media was not sort of talking about this trial in Rochdale. I beg your pardon. We flipping well were most of the time. We were appalled at these people, these Asian paedophiles in Rochdale. We were appalled at them. And society is appalled at any form of paedophilia. It isn't acceptable. And I'm afraid it happens in all areas. We report on it in the Catholic Church. We report on it in no churches. We report on it if you are a Muslim, a Catholic, any other sort of Christian or religion, we report on it. This one in Rochdale was particularly nasty. And these sort of things have to be found, have to be exposed and have to be dealt with. But you know, what was what the problem was with Mr. Robinson and his fans, if you want to call them that, is that they want to pick on one section of British society. They then want to say how we are being threatened and that our culture is going. I wonder what a lot of these people, who by the way, I wish they'd find a new hairstyle to adopt because I'm beginning to get very annoyed that they are taking the piss out of me by, you know, having the same haircut as me. And so if they, if they, uh, if they really wanted, and by the way, when, when the, uh, when the trial was being reported on, the ridiculous antics by some of his followers running in front of cameras and the BBC and other broadcasting organisations just showed how childish and pathetic they are. There is nothing wrong with our culture. There is nothing wrong with the direction of this country. There is nothing wrong with the fact that we are basically more civilised than most, except for small pockets of extremism. We have the extreme right. People like Tommy Robinson, who feel that in some way that they are, I don't know, they, they think they're superior or they think they're losing themselves to, to other parts. Of the world. Listen, the world always moves on, mate. Don't live in the past. And then we've got the other extreme, the extreme left, who seem to have taken over the Labour Party, who seem to feel that they are right about everything they do. They seem to feel that oblivious to the fact that there is a lot of anti-Semitism. You know, they're sort of anti-anybody who happens to be Jewish. Oh, no, we're not really. No, we're just anti-Israel. Well, why, why are you anti-Israel? And then they get themselves all... The problem with extremism, it's usually populated by the majority of thick and stupid people, and then you get a couple of fairly clever people who rise to the top and become very influential and have been able to sort of wind up these rather stupid people and get them. I mean, you've seen it happen all over the world, all through history. Dictators rise up and they say things that, that lots of people find easy to understand and know how to sort of press the buttons of um, bigotry. And the, the, the more extreme left wing you become and the more extreme right wing you become, you meet in the middle. You went all 50 cent then. Did I? Why? Or was it Snoop Doggy Dog Dog? In what way? The drizzle, mizzle, dizzle, hizzle, fizzle. Oh, right, okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but anyway. So this, you know, this this cheering for this bloke outside and who thinks he's uh, above the law and superior to and cleverer than everybody else is not on. You know, that is not the way society needs to go. We need to get on with people. You know, I need to get on and I'm trying to get on with people who are severely religious, even though I believe religion actually is counterintuitive to the future of the world. 
I don't know if that word counterintuitive can be used in that phrase. You're asking me? I haven't got Yeah, no, I shouldn't. No, I was just thinking. So anyway, um, I've interviewed... I would like, when Mr. Robinson comes out of... Um, not his real name, of course, uh, comes out of prison, I would quite like to do another interview with him and try and get to the bottom of uh, what he actually is trying to say because I never really understand. It all goes into sort of hyperbole and, and uh, you end up wondering what the hell he is talking about. And then you get all the fans going, yeah, yeah, here, tell me, yeah, yeah. And you ask them, and I asked a couple on my radio show on Talk Radio the other night, and they didn't know, really, when you asked. I said, just, just tell me, what is it What is it you like about him so much? And what is it about, what is he trying to say? And then, then it comes back to sort of slightly racist intentions. But I'm not racist, honestly. No, of course you're not. Um, right, okay, so uh, that's all depressing, isn't it? Always is. I mean, the only good thing is is climate change and the fact it's getting warmer in this country. Not when it's too warm. Well, it's never going to be too warm in Wales where you are, is it? Well, it was the other week. It was very sticky the other week. Yeah? Mm. Well, that's like being on holiday for you, isn't it? That's true, yeah. I could stay here. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to go anywhere. When did you last leave the country? Oh, crikey. I think that I last left the country when I went to see you in Birmingham. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That was, was that, that's not, oh yes, I see what you mean, because you were in Wales again, yeah. My God, that's five or six years ago. Yeah, and if you mean physically left Britain, uh, 1996. And you've not left the shores of this great nation since then? No, once was enough. I went to um, Mallorca. Don't you don't you ever want to go out of the country on holiday? Oh no no I'm lying. I, I did go to a Guns N' Roses concert in Dublin, but that was just a trip across the ferry. Yeah yeah. What about America? I don't think I'd be allowed into America. Why? Because of my um, days of being on a keyboard. Really? Yeah. What did you do? I've uh, put it this way. I've signed a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Um, against a, yeah, a large, 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 very large, really huge. Um, in fact, uh, you may or may not have worked or still working for the person. <clears throat> right. Okay. I better check my bank account. <laughs> it's all good in the end. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Okay. Good. Um. Right. Well, this is not getting anywhere, is it? Really? <laughs> no. I wish I could tell it because it's quite interesting. Is it? And why? Oh, no, no, don't tell me now. We'll put it in the book. Yeah. Let's put it on public record. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on. I've got a message coming in. It says, upgrade to Mac OS. Mojave. Mojave. Yeah. Don't do that. Get dark mode stacks and, what was that? Dark mode stacks, now new apps. Should I not do it? It's just come up on the computer. No, don't do that. Are you sure? Yeah. You, your phone's doing the, the fight microphone again, isn't it? You, you, I need to have a little basket outside the room that you have to put your phone in before you enter the studio. No, I've got, I've got, I've, I've got lots of things I'm doing at the moment, so I just put the phone up, up there. Should be out of there. Hang on. How's that? Oh, that's fine now, yes. Yeah, okay, fine, yeah. Sorry, you know, I've got... I have to keep earning a living. We're not making any money doing this, are we? We sold a book. We sold a book. That's not it. I was asking somebody about their uh, their podcasts, and they don't have anywhere near the listenership of this podcast, and they make enough money to live on. 
oh, well, uh, we have people sign, uh, download ours and they sign up to it. What, don't, don't we get people to sign up to ours? Yeah, you subscribe to it. You can't make any money on podcasts. Why not? Are you taking all the money? Is that what's going on? I wouldn't say all. There are expenses. Well, where are you getting the money for expenses, for goodness sake? And, and equipment we have to buy. Yeah, well, where's that money coming from? I mean, I, I bought a sound effects unit the other day. That, that was uh, £9,000. What for? We don't use one of those. We, we, we put sound effects in the podcast every now and again. Well, I don't listen because I, I'm doing it now. Why would I want to listen to it when I've just done it? I can, I can demo the sound effects unit if you like. £9,000. Well, ask me to put... But do you name any sound effect you want to hear? And this machine is amazing. It'll do it for you. Okay. Um, sitting in my hot tub. That was like me and Ash on the, on the radio show the other night. I was complaining. I don't know whether anybody else has seen it. Uh, the BBC are putting out Wimbledon. I mean, who wants to watch fucking tennis? Anyway, they are putting out Wimbledon, and all it is is people hitting balls at each other, and everybody's getting excited. Now, I'm missing Escape to the Country. Now, uh, at least they brought back Homes Under the Hammer, but they've got Wimbledon on wall to wall on BBC One and BBC Two. Now, they've got BBC Four and BBC Three and BBC whatever fucking else. Why do they put it on their two main channels? I don't know. People like Wimbledon. Would you like to hear the uh, the bat? I've got a bat stored on the uh, nine. Tennis, right? I, oh, let me sample that and put it in my uh, my machine. Hang on a second. You have to give me a chance right. to record it. You can't just keep doing it over and over and over again. Can't you? Huh. No. Do you, do you want to hear the uh, the bat sound I, I recorded the other day? Go on, then. Oh, I thought you made a cricket bat. No, oh, I got a cricket bat. Yeah, go on. Then. That was me hitting a tennis ball. All right, okay. Um, we've got some. Uh, anybody wants to get in touch? I mean, you can. James Whale Radio at gmail dot com. James Whale Radio at gmail dot com. Go on the website. Uh, James Whale Radio dot co dot uk. Go in the shop. Buy something that'll help keep the podcast going. Oh dear, we are, we are, we do of course uh, ask for subscriptions to keep it going, but nobody ever gives us any money, do they? Nobody ever gives us any money, no, no. Uh, Chris Stevenson uh, emailed. He said, "James, I read your excellent book, A Lifetime of Nighttime, the other week while I was having a relaxing bath. It won't take you long to read. Um, I was down to the last twenty pages when suddenly the book fell from my grasp, and what I thought into the water, I swear it went." into the water but was hardly damaged is the book sacred or is it just a good book chris from sutton in surrey i some people have said it is sacred and uh i i'm 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 prepared to go with that right you should try reading it backwards oh it's satanic then oh yeah yeah uh stuart collins um from sussex says uh, hello james uh, I have recently started listening to your podcast and I have to admit I'm very offended by the amount of bad language and f***ing swearing you seem to indulge in, even though you bleep out most swear words, but not all. I don't think you are setting a good example and I would just ask you to cut out or limit all this swearing on your podcast, Stuart from Sussex. Stuart, f*** off. Um, 
okay seems to be fair you know nobody's twisting anybody's arm to listen to it and uh and that's that <sighs> fucking hell telling me what to do now on my own fucking podcast more worryingly though it says uh, not all of them are bleeped out i thought they were well i i thought i did a pretty reasonable job i might have to invest in some more equipment then you won't get this lot fuck was that the bat again? Um, Alexander Boris de Piffle Johnson... See, I told you, he's changed his name. ...has demonstrated repeatedly over the years that he despises working people, family, paying fines and taxes. Max Hastings, who was Boris Johnson's previous boss at The Telegraph, wrote last month, there is room for debate about whether Johnson is a scoundrel or a mere rogue, but not much about his moral bankruptcy rooted in a contempt for truth. The Tory party is about to foist a tasteless joke upon the British people. He cares for nothing but his own fame and gratification. His premiership will almost certainly reveal a contempt for rules, order and stability. He is utterly unfit to be Prime Minister. Apparently that was in The Guardian on June the 24th this year. Not that I read The Guardian, I'm surprised it's still going. As taxpaying, fine-paying working men with families, could James or Rob explain in no less than 60 seconds why we are such Boris fans, preferably without repetition or deviation? I think I will have to allow hesitation, as otherwise it might prove to be an impossible task. All the best, Justin Jones. It's easy to answer, because Boris has the knack, okay? He has the... X factor, the star quality, whatever you want to call it. He is an orator par excellence. Other people like him, Tony Blair, Nigel Farage, Margaret Thatcher. People who are able to communicate to a vast number of people. People who manage to make somebody think they are talking to them. That's what Boris has. Boris is somebody you will never forget. Whether he's right to be Prime Minister, I have my doubts. But, unfortunately, those people who become... Do you know, those people who join political parties, whether it's Labour, Liberal Democrats, are they still in existence, uh, or Conservative, often the people who, who belong to a political party are the ones who have least amount of political understanding. I can never understand why people say, you know, I've been a Labour man all my life, I've been a Conservative all my life, I've always voted Liberal Democrat or whatever else it is, Brexit Party, UKIP and everything else. I would much rather wait until there is an election, look and listen to the people who are standing and make my mind up then. The idea of being a member of a party and never wanting to deviate from it leaves me slightly cold. So there we are, you've got 140-odd thousand members of the Conservative Party in a country that has about 70 million people in it, and they're going to make their mind up, and they're all... Of course they're going to vote for, for the man who has the biggest personality. That's how things get done. The reason I've probably lasted this long on the radio, because I've got a big mouth, and if you say something that gets people to react, they will listen. Even if they don't like what you say, they will listen. And so Boris has got that in abundance, and he probably will be the next Prime Minister. Because can you think of anything that 
Jeremy Hunt has actually said, and he's probably said a lot of very serious, sensible and good things, but I can't remember one. So that's answering your question, Justin, I hope, without much deviation, a little bit of hesitation, and probably just over 60 seconds as well. I thank you. You want to get in touch? But don't tell me how much you hate my uh, the way I do it, because nobody's asking you to listen. You don't have to fucking listen, do you? But if you do, I'm very grateful, and it's nice to have you with us, and thank you very much indeed, and it's time for Tech Talk. Wow. <clears throat> I, I just liked him on Have I Got News For You all those years ago. I just thought he was entertaining. By the way, Boris filled in for me when I was off once on talk radio, did the show with Ash. Oh, yeah, he stood in for you, yeah, mm. and then got you sacked. Yeah, yeah. There we are. We still like him anyway. Oh, shit. What? I've got a very, I've got a very short lead on my headphone cable. I just, I'm so short. It's about, a, it's about two foot long, and I just turned my head. Yeah, and nearly castrated myself. Now it's time on the James Well Radio Podcast for Tech Talk. Okay, Amazon and Google are friends again. You can now watch YouTube on Amazon devices, and you can watch Amazon Prime on Google Chromecast devices. Really. Well, yeah. that's very nice for everybody. France has introduced a 3% tax on uh, Google and Facebook, etc. Big corporations, global corporations. Um, obviously, America's not very happy about it, but uh, it could be the start of uh, people being taxed properly. Yeah. And Good. <laughs> a US lawyer who uploaded pornography onto file-sharing sites and then sued people who downloaded it has been served a five-year sentence in uh, jail. Good. Yeah, it was a big thing back in, I think it's 2012. Loads of people mm. got loads of letters in the post because they downloaded something off the internet and it was always porn. And uh, everyone paid up. He made millions out of it because everyone was scared shitless. But it was he was the one that put the stuff up there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's, he's gone to jail. And uh, you can ask Alexa now for NHS advice. They've linked to the NHS uh, database, so you can ask Alexa all sorts of medical questions, like, uh, Alexa, is this growth on my testicles normal? Yes. And Nintendo are bringing out a new games console called the Switch Lite. I would have called it the Lite Switch, but there we go. It's probably because they don't speak English properly. They're Japanese. Yeah. So it's probably the uh, the way they interpret English. Translate it, yeah. It's like in Welsh, you have the... I uh, mean, yeah. Exactly. For, yeah. You have the switch light. Yeah. Or the pippity pong or whatever they have for a microwave. The popty ping. Popty ping, yeah. Mm. It's actually not true, but that's what... No, I know, but it's a really good story. Aka <laughs> <laughs> the... And there's another one called Jellyfish. Um, which is something like um, Puss God Wibbly Wob. Puss God Wibbly Wob. Which is like a, a wibbly wobbly fish. <laughs> Puss God Wibbly Wob. Ah, I might be getting all that completely wrong and I'll probably get uh, hung <laughs> next time I go out in the streets. <laughs> well, that'll teach you to live in North Wales, won't it? Eh? Uh, there we go. So that, that's uh, that's Tech Talk. So I kept it short because we're running up to uh, the of tower yeah so um, shall we do the questions then before we go okay. and because uh, this has been quite a surreal show I'm not really sure what I've spoken about but anyway never mind does that mean I'll get in the Sunday Times probably do you know I haven't put any trousers on yet today that's the norm I mean normally mm. you sit there and I have to avert my eyes 
<laughs> Carry on. It's when you get out of the hot tub that worries me. Right. Carl mm. Rickards. Yeah. Uh, what is your favourite homemade sandwich? Bacon. Oh, that's true. You can't make a bacon butty. Bacon with no ketchup or brown sauce, but with butter. And very cheap white bread and very crispy, streaky bacon. Yeah, cooked in its own fat, no extra fat. Exactly. And then put on a little um, bit of kitchen roll. Mm. Might go and do that now in a minute. Daniel Severn. Yeah, go on. Hi, James. I won't be asking any questions for a while. Is this okay? Keep up the fantastic show. You make my commute to work very more enjoyable. It's perfectly all right, Daniel Seven, because of the stupid way he pronounces your name, which gets on my tits. It's got an R in it. You don't sound the R. Why? Why do we sound the V? Get on with the next question. Don't be a pillock. Karin Ridges, when is Karin coming back in? She can be your Essex sidekick with Ash. Karin, whenever you want to come in, just drop me an email, let me know, and I'll sort it out. I haven't been allowed in yet. Karin, just get in touch. Be nice to leave Wales once every now and again. Rob James, if lucky Heather is so lucky... Why don't the people selling it have better jobs? Interesting point. But I've always found ladies with the name of Heather to be very lucky. I won't ask you to elaborate on that. No, no, no. I guess you know. But how do you know that people selling Heather, that's not a job. That's just a community service. That's not a job. Because they're multimillionaires and they're, they're doing their bit. Yeah, they're just doing it and to, to bring people happiness and luck. Yeah. Ah, okay. Dean Nicholson. Do you think it's about time Talk Radio advertises? Because I think a lot of people still don't know Talk Radio is back. Yeah, I think you're very right, Dean. Uh, I probably meet at least one person a day who will come up and say to me, Hi, James, uh, what are you doing now? And I say, yeah, back on Talk Radio. And uh, I think that... Uh, that's the problem with all radio stations. They they leave it, I suppose, till they get a really big celebrity, and then they uh, do a lot of advertising around that. That's true, because I get emails every now and again saying, I really miss you on Talk Sport. I wish you'd come back. And I'm like, mm. well, he's on Talk Radio, which is in the same room, I know, but not really yeah. going to come back well, to a sports station, are you? Um, yeah, that probably does need, and I, I've heard in the wind that there will be a marketing exercise in the not-too-distant future. Uh, John Scott. Or Scott. No, Scott. Uh, would you stand as PM and then have Louis Theroux as negotiator to world audiences, uh, Ash as foreign secretary, Rob as technology director? Keep up the amazing work, James. I think, John, you may have hit on the perfect format for a government. And I wouldn't stand as PM because of all the ridiculous stupidity surrounding the way we vote for people in this country. I think probably a coup d'etat would be a good idea. And uh, I take over as the leader. Louis would make a really good negotiator, I think. Uh, Ash, Foreign Secretary, of course, and Rob, Technology Director. I think, John, you may have hit on the solution. And the schools and the NHS can sort themselves out. Yeah, exactly. I will keep politics out of schools. Uh, Lee Stevens. As you're an experienced archer, 
I was wondering at what age is a good time to start learning archery? Well, I suppose the answer, if you want to take up archery, uh, you could take it up at any age as long as you can pull the bow. Uh, I started doing it about nine years old. I got taught with baked bean tins. What? You just put baked bean tins in each hand and you bend forward and you lift your arms up behind your back and keep doing that to build up the muscles so you can pull the bow back. Well, they make a bow to suit everybody's uh, strength. Yeah. So you start off with a bow at whatever you can pull it back and you build your muscles up that way. Well, I was 16 when I started and I think I got a 32-pound bow and I could only just about pull a 28. And my theory was I didn't want to buy another 28 expensive bow. I wanted to buy the next one up. Uh. But I couldn't pull it back. so I had to. But you don't shoot anyway now. No, well, last time I shot a bow was probably about, I don't know, three years ago for fun. Mm. But I haven't done it properly for many, many, many years. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done it properly for uh, a couple of years, but uh, I only do field archery now, which is sort of messing around in woods with bows and arrows. I've done that recently. I've been to one of those, you know, when you go to one of those um, adventure parks with your kids and stuff. They had mm. uh, a field archery set up there and I had a go. So, yeah, I have done it quite recently, mm. actually. Well, there we are. Um, so, any time. Any time is a good time, probably from about the age of nine or ten. There we are. You need to go to an open evening in one of those uh, parks. Yeah. Centre parks. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's not uh, Or get in touch with the National Field Archery Association and they will tell you, uh, tell you how to proceed if you'd like to try a more entertaining form of archery. I think. And I quite like shooting Poppinjay. If you don't know what that is, uh, it's not an animal. Look it up. Well, I must go because I have got to go and do a bit more cleaning and then I've got to get ready for my uh, talk radio show, of course, every uh, evening, 7 o'clock till 10, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio. Thank you very much indeed. This has been a James Well Radio podcast produced by Rob. Oh, and if you like it, send in money.
listening to the James Well Radio Show. For more information, visit www.jameswellradio.co.uk. Why not check us out on facebook.com slash jameswellradioshow or follow James on Twitter at the James Whale. James Whale, the voice of reason. <laughs>